You're listening to The Daily Detail, a roundup of the most important news from the state of Alabama and across the United States. I'm Andrea Tice. A legal group here in Alabama is appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court to get answers before Christmas Eve. Attorney Matthew Clark with the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty is petitioning the higher court for a stay on any vaccine mandates going forward in light of the legal battle that's underway. This comes after the Sixth Circuit Court recently lifted a lower court's stay on the mandate. Clark spoke with Daily Detail on his reasoning behind this petition. But some of the petitions that have already reached the Supreme Court uh, for, for a stay, um, the court has asked the, the federal government to respond by uh, December 30th. So it looks like, you know, the Supreme Court is cognizant that they've got until January 10th to decide this. And, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to issue a decision on whether to grant a stay or not uh, before then. One thing about our petition it, it, for, for a stay is we are going to be asking the Supreme Court to issue what's called an administrative stay on, you know, but no later than Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. And, you know, we're, we're pointing out here that because of the timing of all this, you know, all, all these people that are affected are not going to be able to enjoy the holiday with their families. So what you can do is you can issue a temporary stay while, you know, you, you still wait for uh, the government to respond and, and, and make up your mind on whether you actually want to you know, make a final decision on this. Um, but we're, we're going to be asking the court to say, hey, can, can you just, you know, just for a few days, say the mandate's on hold. Uh, that way everybody can enjoy time with their family at Christmas and stuff without having to worry about this nonsense. So we'll we'll see if that's successful or not. I appreciate you doing that because you're right. I mean, it's terrible for this whole situation, which is life-altering. The, the mandate mm-hmm. is essentially life-altering in whether or not you have employment in the future and a business to return to or whatever. And who's going to be able to enjoy any part of a break other than the judge's? If they just leave, yeah. if they just leave it as a cliffhanger, you know, to be continued until January. Agreed. Yeah, and with all due respect to you know the the, the Supreme Court, um, you know, obviously you know, want to show them respect and don't want to take them off because you know we're we're asking them for help. But I, I think you're I think you're right, Andrea. By by asking for a response by December thirtieth, uh, initially what what it looks like the court is doing is saying, all right, hey, let us enjoy time with your family in the holiday for the holidays, and then. When we come back, we'll decide this first thing. Well, you know, do appreciate the fact that, you know, relief is coming in the uh, or should, could be coming in the relatively near future. But at the end of the day, like you said, uh, the, the ones that, you know, actually get to enjoy Christmas now are, are the judges while everybody else has to hold their breath. And, and, and business owners like our clients are, are having to scramble and, and spend a ton of money and trying to set up, you know, a system for for you know, COVID testing for their employees and a system by which their employees can report whether they're vaccinated or not. And and so they're not going to get to spend any time with their family during the holidays, but the judges can. And so we're asking the court to say, look, as a matter of common sense, we all know that this is this is illegal. This is going to be struck down. Why not just put it on hold for a few days while you decide what you're doing, you know, <laughs> and get, let everybody breathe a little bit. The former head of the Alabama Democratic Party is apparently hospitalized and very ill. The current chairman for the party, Joe Reed, is asking for prayers for Nancy Worley, who he described as gravely ill at Baptist South Hospital in Montgomery. A family member connected to Worley says she has been hospitalized for a week and is on life support, but also that her illness is not COVID-19 related. Worley led the party from 2013 to 2019, where a very contentious dispute emerged over leadership and racial representation within the executive committee, Worley was voted out in 2019. 
A Sarah Land woman is pleading guilty for the fraudulent use of federal relief money intended to help businesses who were affected by COVID-19. Corrine Campbell admitted to preparing more than 50 fake applications to gain access to PPP loans given out by the federal government in response to the COVID-19 lockdowns and economic fallout. The amount those applications were worth was $1 million. Campbell admitted in a written statement to helping prepare those applications for people with felony charges in their backgrounds. She also engaged in bank statement forgery for at least two men who were claiming to be self-employed. Sentencing for Campbell will happen this coming April. Elmore County authorities are asking for the public's help in finding a missing 68-year-old man. Christopher Halfley was last seen on Butler Lake Road in blue jeans and a polo shirt. That was on December 12th. Halfley has been missing since then. The Elmore County Sheriff's Department has employed the use of search dogs and helicopters. Halfley also has friends in Atlanta and could try to head there on his own, either on foot or through some sort of vehicle. Halfley is white with brown eyes, short white hair, and a white mustache. Anyone with information on Halfley should call the Elmore County Sheriff's Office. The Southern Women's Show is canceled for the second year in a row. The exhibition is usually held in Birmingham. The last women's show was scheduled for October of 2020, but had to be canceled due to COVID-19. The organizers of the event did not give out a specific reason for this latest cancellation. Well, if you're a dog lover, you'll appreciate this story. Firefighters in the town of Killen had to rappel down a 300-foot ravine in order to rescue a dog that had been trapped at the bottom. Using a rope system, they lowered one man down to get the dog with others up top to help. The dog was successfully extracted. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the U.S. Department of Defense is cracking down on political dissent within the ranks of the military. The definition of extremist behavior is being redefined by the Countering Extremism Working Group. That group says that the focus is not on any particular ideology or political organization, but exclusively on actions from military members. In February of this year, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordered a nationwide stand-down for the military branches in order for them to look for and identify possible extremists within their midst. Well, the conflicting headlines and opinions are now coming out about the Omicron virus just ahead of the holidays. President Joe Biden delivered a speech this week saying that the nation is better prepared than ever before and there's no need to panic. We should all be concerned about Omicron, but not panicked. We're prepared today for what's coming. In March of 2020, we were not ready. Today, we stockpiled stockpiled enough gowns, masks and ventilators to deal with the surge of hospitalizations among the unvaccinated. Today we're ready. And as I'll explain in a few minutes, we're going to be reinforcing our hospitals, helping them. But just a few days prior, Biden also said that the unvaccinated should panic. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. The inventor of the mRNA vaccine delivery system, Dr. Robert Malone, disagrees with Biden's assessment on who's at risk. He spoke on Fox News saying the Omicron virus is actually a Christmas gift. Here's what he said to Laura Ingram. Omicron blows right through the vaccines and through the triple jabbed. The, both the double and triple vaccination is not protecting you from Omicron. Now, here's the good news. In your prior segment, you pointed out that this is more fear-mongering on the part of the press. You're dead on, okay? The number of deaths from Omicron worldwide is less than 10 to my last count. If, if, if you believe in a God, this looks an awful lot like a Christmas present. 
Omicron apparently, according to recent data from Hong Kong University, has shifted the targeting of where it infects. The Delta and the prior variants were infecting your deep lung, which we know from influenza is a great way to cause um, severe disease in humans. And it shifted to the upper airway, to the bronchus, and we know from influenza, when viruses do mm. that, they're much less pathogenic and much more infectious. So the good news with Omicron is very low disease, highly infectious. It looks an awful lot to the experienced vaccinologists like a live attenuated virus vaccine that you might design um, for purpose. It's going to elicit a strong mucosal immune response. This is about as good as we could possibly want right now in terms wow. of outcomes. Well, did you know that the emergency application for the PCR test that's been commonly used for COVID-19 is nearing the deadline where it must be removed and replaced? Earlier this summer, the Center for Disease Control sent a letter out advising all doctors, clinics, and hospitals to find other means of testing for COVID-19 before December 30th. Those tests must be more accurate and reliable than the PCR test has been. The approval for the PCR diagnostic panel and assay was presented in February of 2020 to the FDA, but is not being granted approval. Clinical laboratories and testing sites must find an FDA-approved test to proceed with identifying COVID-19 and distinguishing it from the influenza. This current PCR test has not been doing that accurately, as evidenced by the CDC's report on it and their decision to stop its use. Last week, news reports came out about a group of missionaries in Haiti getting free from captors. Now the organization the group works for, Christian Aid Ministries, is releasing more details, saying that those missionaries actually planned an escape from the 400 Mawazo gang. That gang had hijacked and kidnapped the group with children and teens two months ago. Missionary spokesman Weston Showalter spoke to ABC News. When they sensed the timing was right, they found a way to open the door that was closed and blocked and quickly left the place that they were held, despite the fact that numerous guards were close by. The escape was made on December 15th, and the group trekked for 10 miles before getting to safety and then being flown out of Haiti by the U.S. Coast Guard. And another daring rescue of Americans has taken place in the country of Afghanistan by Project Dynamo. The CEO of that organization, Brian Stern, spoke on Fox News about getting 39 people out of that country this past weekend and back into the U.S. We, we keep going. As long as people need help and we can move them legally and safely, we will continue to do so. So um, uh, we, we were able to raise enough money and build a big enough manifest with enough American citizens and uh, uh, lawful permanent residents, and we executed. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure to listen to Right Side Radio and host Phil Williams as he discusses how West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin busted Build Back Better. Wall Street Journal issues a piece at 6.01 p.m. last night, saying that Joe Manchin has rescued the Democrats. It goes on to say, Joe Manchin's decision on Sunday to oppose the Build Back Better Act is a service to the country, sparing it from huge tax increases and new entitlements that would fan inflation and erode the incentive for Americans to work. And paradoxically, here's the point, paradoxically, it is also a blessing for Democrats if they get the message, and it offers President Biden a chance to reboot. Now, they didn't like the bill. Don't mistake this as being sympathetic to the Biden administration on this bill. They didn't like it. But what they point out here is, hey, Democrats, basically I'm summarizing here. Hey, Democrats, you guys have allowed the progressive wing of your party to so exploit the fact that you have control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency by over 
promising and underperforming, that it's time for y'all to take a lesson from this. Perhaps Joe Manchin has rescued you from yourselves and given you a chance before the 2022 midterms to do something that people can actually identify with. I don't know of a majority of anywhere in the history of anywhere that wanted a climate conservation corps or that believed that tree equity was the most important thing for our nation right now or that believed that we should be paying people to not go to work or that we should extend spending into deficits and to develop more entitlement programs. No. It, it, anyway, um, Bernie Sanders, who's, of course, having a freak out right now, blaming Manchin, saying he's going to have to explain to the people of West Virginia. No, he's not. People of West Virginia already get it. You can find that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying The Daily Detail, remember, you can subscribe and get it on your phone through Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm Andrea Tice. I look forward to updating you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.